Hey, 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 welcome to another version of the Pastor Duke podcast. Thank you so much for tuning me in. I pray God will use me to be a blessing to you as we seek the knowledge of God together from his word. Let's hide his word in our hearts that we might not sin against God. Today's lesson is called uh, Lessons Learned Through Lockdown. I'm stealing the title from my precious wife who spoke recently in Western Pennsylvania using this title to a group of ladies. Lessons learned through lockdown. And she has agreed to put her message on a podcast uh, with me, for me, to do it soon. And hopefully mine will come and hers will come uh, back to back. So you'll all get to hear two sides of this same topic, and I bet her side will be much better than mine. But here's my side of the um, lockdown experience. First of all, lessons better be learned through lockdown situations. God doesn't make everything happen, but he allows everything to happen, and he always has a reason. What Satan meant for evil, I'm sure God meant for good. Number one, I entered lockdown with a biblical worldview, knowing that demonic forces will drive this world into totalitarian dictatorship under the infamous Antichrist by the time we get to Revelation 13. I know it's coming because God said so, but I had no clue how Satan would pull all this off. Then comes COVID-19 bullying its ugly way onto the world scene. I said world scene, not just an American uh, situation unfolding that I don't particularly like. It was a successful power grab for global control. My prophetic alarm was going off. Jesus made it clear in his own Olivet Discourse, the whole sermon about his second coming, that in the time of his return, there shall be pestilence. COVID-19 was a great pestilence for sure. It was the greatest pestilence of my lifetime. AIDS uh, was horrible, but it wasn't airborne. And it was mostly sexually transmitted. Biblical morality would protect someone 99.99% from ever getting AIDS, maybe through a blood transfusion. That was about the only way you could get it if you were inside of God's moral boundaries. But not so with COVID-19. Number one, I learned from the experience as a lockdown began, this thing is global like nothing I had ever seen in my lifetime. Let that sink in. All the signs that Jesus gave concerning his second coming are global. And this is the first global thing I'd ever experienced. But oh, hold on to your hats. As the woman in travail, the pains come suddenly, they come harder, and they come faster. Number two, it was a sudden uh, appearance. One one week early in March 2020, we heard of a potential threatening virus from China. The next day, Trump banned flights from China and Pelosi mocked him for it. Come on down to Chinatown, she said. Well, turned out Pelosi was wrong. 
political, <laughs> the politicalization of the virus was sadly immediate and relentless, I might say. Next day, travel bans were from everywhere and for everywhere. Next three days, the world was literally locked down. Churches, for the first time in American history, were closed. But liquor stores stayed open. They were deemed necessary. For the first time in world history, the well, the unaffected, the, those who were not sick, were forced into quarantine. I felt the narrative uh, framing was most interesting. Uh, Satan always uh, packages things in a nice and uh, palatable way. Uh, you know, stay home, save lives. Uh, who could be against that? Social distance, mask up, glove up, save grandma's life. Uh, of course we want to save grandma's life. Uh, bend the curb. Uh Fears were fanned with mainstream media coverage 24-7. Death counts were held in our face. Of course, we didn't know how to treat this thing, and it turns out maybe some of the treatments they were using were maybe opposite of what they should have been using. Maybe the cures were worse than the virus itself. A lot of things begin to be unfolded, but we could only take it day by day, uh, news report after news report, and, uh, of course, backstage investigative reporting was going on, and now we don't know what to believe as we listen to the mainstream news, and it's game on. Spiritual battles, uh, Satan, the father of all lies, and uh, we as followers of Jesus caught in the middle trying to do the next right thing, looking to God for wisdom. So we follow those rules because we're basically good people. We want to be compliant. Fears were fanned 24-7. We all uh, met up uh, with the likes of Dr. Anthony Fauci. Seemed like an articulate, uh, a handsome, older gentleman. Seemed to really be in the thick of things. And I started out trusting him pretty much with all of my heart. And Deborah Burks, how could you not love Deborah Burks? I mean, she was a sweetheart and kind of a, a pretty grandma and just a, a sweet gal and brought a feminine side to things. But it was the same narrative. Soon we found Bill Gates in the midst of the fray. Oh, wow. What would he have to do? A technology mogul, a computer geek, what does he have to do with vaccines and right of function and uh, funding of bio labs in different parts of the country, whereas Obama had banned this type of uh, development, biological weapons, if you please, right of function. He banned that in America. I, I agree with Obama with that, but they took it under Fauci's care, uh, across the sea and into Ukraine. Uh, of course, we knew none of that back at that time. We're just waiting for the next dibs of information to come out. We sat on the edge of our seats, glued to the news to see how things would unfold. Number three, we soon found the all-out attack on the early cures of covid uh, with hydroxychloroquine and ivermectin, very inexpensive, well-proven drugs have been around forever and very cheap, along with the monoclonal um, uh, antibody therapy. 
anything that was working against COVID was now banned and attacked. We had never before seen a medical totalitarianism like this before. Any opposing medical views, uh, uh, different from the CDC's official voice, the Fauci voice was scrubbed from the internet. All voices but one were silenced, attacked, name-called. And those proponents of new ways of thinking to treat the disease were fired from their medical jobs and many litigated against by the big pharma medical elites. The once called heroes, frontline medical people who daily faced off risking their lives with the early seemingly lethal uh, views of the COVID virus. They gave their lives to fight it in efforts to save the sick, most of which got and survived COVID-19. Many were later fired from their jobs for refusing to take an untested, experimental, unapproved vaccine. Lessons learned. The days of mandatory medical realities had arrived. Something of apocalyptic proportion was upon us, and Satan was tightening his global grip. Number four, people were divided like we have never seen before. Not only divided, but aggressively and angrily divided over masks, uh, whether they're effective or not. Are they needed or not? How, how much distance is social distance required? Is six feet enough? Stay away from me. 60% of the nation was ready to, uh, to, to enthusiastically get and take this warp speed vaccine. I agree with a lot of Trump's positions, but let me tell you, warp speed and vaccines do not belong in the same conversation. But he did it for a political expediency on his part. 40% of the nation opposed and feared an untested vaccine. Uh, that would include me. The narratives got more tense as the very definition of the word vaccines was changed to legally fit these COVID vaccines. I find that very interesting. More concerns developed as vaccine companies refused to tell what was in their vaccines. Pfizer sought a 75-year delay to reveal their recipe. That screamed evil to me and many of you. We began to learn of mRNA technology, genetic realities in these vaccines, never before used in a vaccine, we began to learn of spike proteins and the effect they have on the human body. We begin to hear about a thing called transhumanism. What is in these vaccines? We began to hear of the luciferase uh, and its traceability as an ingredient in the vaccines. You know, luciferase as in lucifer. Uh, those who dared to ask questions were called conspiracy theorists and here in New York by our governors uh, as domestic terrorists and undeserving to live here in New York State. And we now have two governors that have said exactly the same thing. The unvaxxed were often fired from their jobs, denied access to restaurants, public gatherings, and tried in New York, they tried to deny medical treatment to those who were unvaccinated. 
it did not matter that 90%, 95% of the unvaccinated had already had COVID and now have the antibodies making them 10 times more resistant to reinfection. The heroes who faced off on the front lines to defend us and help the sick were now called villains. And all-out national medical uh, team, our, our national heroes, began to dwindle as they were now being fired from their medical positions from the top down. It's unthinkable. I was learning during all of this just how fast things could change. Oh, my. As a woman in travail, things come faster and they come harder is the illustration that Jesus gave us. I was learning how deeply people could be divided. I was learning how fear could drive people to irrational behavior. I was learning how centralization of control could happen medically. And the Nuremberg Code thrown out. The Hippocratic Oath gone. I was learning how censorship on all social medias had nearly nullified the First Amendment. I was learning how blue states were more authoritarian than red states. And the red states by far had the least COVID damage, both in illness and in economic decline. I learned how reason and results did not apply to anything COVID. It was a whole new world. I was learning that the same people central to all the vaccines were the same people at the center of the United Nations depopulation movement. Oh my, I learned of their gain of function patents along with vaccine patents beginning back in the year about 2006 up to 220, things that were happening behind the scenes that we all would have liked to have known about and if we did, we would have understand the deviancy of what hit us in the year 2020. All of that backstage pandering, uh, developing vaccines to fight the variants. They had the ability to start a pandemic and then get paid for healing the pandemic. All backstage, this was unfolding. I, along with millions of others, heard Bill Gates celebrating his best ever, not even close financial investments. Vaccines gave him a 20 to 1 return on the dollar. He laughs all the way to the bank. In the lockdown, I had met much more time to dig into alternate news sources and try to sort through all of the info and all of the misinformation. The politics and money flow are always the tell-all. Those getting paid go with the mainstream agenda, and those who oppose it are getting fired, getting uh, sued. The devil has his hand moving powerfully among us, and many knew it not. But it soon became very clear the pandemic, I conclude to be a plandemic. I, I don't believe it was just a series of coinkydinkies. I see the whole COVID saga as a deep state trial run for population control in the near future. I see it all as a segue to the future totalitarianism and tyranny of the Antichrist. What troubles me most is 
through nearly this three-year drama, many evil criminals have been clearly exposed for who they are, what they've done, yet no heads have rolled. I've learned how fast and how much everything can change. Oh, my. So those were some of the news, political news, prophetic realities, prophetic implications that I learned during this lockdown. Now I want to completely switch gears into the personal lessons I learned in the lockdown. And these are really important. And I think all of us could maybe identify with some of these things, learn maybe from some of these things. And I'm sure many of you had experiences just as deep that, that I didn't include in my thoughts for today. Number one, I'd always taken my freedom for granted, especially my religious freedom, no public worship services during the extreme time of the lockdown. That was horrifying to me. I, I couldn't believe those days had come to our country. Even though I listened to four wonderful worship services, every Sunday I heard some great preaching. It just wasn't enough. It wasn't the same. I felt the void of personal interaction and fellowship, which I so desperately needed, and so do all of us. Do not forsake the assembling of ourselves together. And uh, that was taken away from us temporarily. I missed exceedingly my three chapel services every Sunday night at the Saratoga County Jail. I missed my Wednesday morning uh, seniors class. I've taught for over 12 years. I learned to love church more than ever when it was taken away from me. Number two, I learned how fear could change people so deeply and so quickly. When we gloved up, masked up, and went out uh, to get our food, our basic essentials, every 10th day, it was surreal. People had their heads down, kept their distance, lived in silence, no eye contact. Families, out of fear and out of love for each other, stayed away. Stayed away from grandma. And I found that the isolation became more damaging than the virus for many people, in my view. We saw on Facebook a quote from a longtime uh, Bible college friend, Carol Sue Duncan. And hopefully, Carol, you hear this. Thank you for this. It meant the world to us. She said, quote, I never dreamed of a time people would be so afraid of dying that they would be willing to quit living. Let me say that again. I never dreamed of a time people would be so afraid of dying that they would be willing to quit living. God used Carol's quote to redirect uh, Joellen and mine lives uh, and, and for our family. We uh, wanted to go back to normalcy, back to sanity, and we chose at the family level to do exactly that. Joellen and I looked at each other and just said, hey, for us, enough is enough. We are doing family back to normal now and leave the results with God. Our kids and grandkids all agreed, and here in New York, we chose to be civilly disobedient. Oh, I was so proud of my family. Civilly disobedient and exceed holiday crowd limits in our homes as our governor uh, put this mandate upon us. No more than, I think it was uh, like nine in your house. 
well, it wasn't scary for us to be civilly disobedient because we had county sheriffs all across New York who joined our civil disobedience and told the governor to take a long walk on a short pier. They're not going to do it. Well, they didn't actually say that. They just said, look, that's impossible. That's, that's out. We're not going to do that. That's wrong. And they just let the family units be what they were. But still, so many people were driven by fear. They, they kept the governor's uh, mandate. During the lockdown, I actually did two podcasts on biblical doctrines that COVID lockdown had forced us to face. One was on civil disobedience and one was on the priesthood of believers. I studied out civil disobedience, when, why, how. There is a time to obey man and their and human government, and there's a time to obey God and defy human authorities when they overreach. Civil disobedience saved baby Moses. That was a good thing. Civil disobedience uh, brought evangelism from the uh, church that Jesus started. Uh, everything you read in the book of Acts is si- an act of civil disobedience, either to Jewish uh, government authorities or Roman government authorities. There's a time to obey man, and there's a time to disobey man and obey God. I learned a lot about that. You can go to my podcast on that title. We'll go a lot deeper. But it was a main issue. We had to face it. Number three, I learned in a practice way that the doctrine that's in everybody's uh, articles of faith, the priesthood of the believer, not only the right but responsibility of self-determination. What does this passage of Scripture mean? Well, the major doctrines of the Christian faith, there's no argument. It's all, it's crystal clear. Jesus is the Son of God and God the Son. If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. But there are what we call gray areas in the book of 1 Corinthians. It hits a lot of those things. Do we eat meat offered unto idols? Uh, was an issue, uh, head coverings for women in 1 Corinthians chapter 11. What does it mean? Is it a head covering? Is it her hair? And things that through the centuries people looked at, disagreed with, didn't quite understand. And then we agree to disagree. The priesthood of the believer, we have respect for people who who see things differently for us. Uh, we know, and Peter wrote, I think it's in his second epistle, no prophecy of the scriptures of any private interpretation. And so Bible doctrine can pull us together, but those minor issues where we, we're, we're not going to see eye to eye on everything, those are opportunities to kind of die to self and, and to follow spiritual leadership. For 32 years, I was lead pastor, and for another eight years, I was an elder here at th- or another nine years, an elder here at Temple Baptist, now church at Newtown Road. And I was part of that process, going to my elders and coming to a conclusion what we feel God's will is, and then presented to the congregation and praying that they'd follow the leadership, and 99% of the time they did. But man, this was a, a huge test for, for all churches, including ours. And I wasn't part of the elder team there. So I prayed for those who were making the decisions. And the priesthood of the believer would have me to keep my sh- mouth shut. People would say, what do you think, Pastor Duke? It doesn't matter what Pastor Duke thinks. It's what do the elders say? Because I'm a member of the church. I'm under a, their authority. And whatever they say, I'll do. It's not, my opinion isn't any better than anybody else's opinion. So I was challenged on the priesthood of the believer. I didn't know which direction they're going to take, and I'm very satisfied with the direction that they did take, but it wouldn't have mattered if I agreed or disagreed. There's a higher order here. God placed those men over me. I'm submitted to them, and that's 
the big test. I think I passed that maybe with a B plus, maybe even an A. I'm not sure, but I had no problem with that. But we had to address that. And elders and pastors were in that position where they had to take a stand and they were kind of damned if they did and, and damned if they, they weren't. People hated them because they shut down it all and other people hated them because they came back together and and they, sometimes you're making us sit too close together and you let them take off their mask during the preaching but put them back on for the singing. It was crazy times, wasn't it? And let's not uh, let's not hold uh, too hold tightly to anything of the protocols, how we got through that time. Let's forget about that. Let's have our eyes on the Lord, have our hand on the plow, and just do the next right thing. So I was learning to practice the priesthood of the believer, and it's a very precious doctrine, especially for times like that. I find it's way easier to be a follower in times, trying times than it is to be a leader. But God had me on both sides of the issue. Some For most of my life, I've been in that leadership role, and for a short time in my life, I'm just in the fellowship part of the role. Number four, and maybe the best lesson I learned in the lockdown, I learned to express my appreciation for people in a very strategic way. Don't let a phone call or a visit pass by without expressing to people how much and why they mean so much to me. That little practice brought heaven down over and over again during the lockdown. Just reconnecting with people uh, that I hadn't been in touch with in a long time and just letting them know how important they were, how God used them in my life. I appreciate them. I'm so thankful for them, and I love them. And so as there was darkness all around us, the Lord was bringing light to me and using me to bring light to others. What Satan meant for evil God meant for good. It taught me the sacredness of earthly relationships. Celebrate your family. Celebrate your friends. Make them feel their value they, that they are to you. Don't let your love be hidden. Don't let your appreciation go unsaid. I took time to reconnect with many uh, friends through the years over the phone. God was giving me great joy while others were being robbed of theirs. Half the New Testament was written from lockdown, from jails. Let that sink in. Don't wait for people to come and show their love to you. You take the initiative. You go to them. Satan meant to destroy us during lockdown, and yet God used it to build many of us, us, of us up and take us deeper in our commitment to Jesus. Number five, celebrate the little things. Man, the best cups of coffee I ever had was during the lockdown. I'd sit there drinking my coffee and I'd realize, where was this grown? It was grown in a mountainous region in a tropical uh, setting. It was mostly picked by women because men's hands don't pull them off the vine right, the coffee trees, bushes. And, and I just relived all. I've been on a coffee plantation, know how it all works. And I'd drink my cup of coffee in the morning and think about that, think about my trip to Jamaica and up on Blue Mountain and drinking Blue Mountain coffee and just... I just savored uh, the life experience that God had given me in the past. And, man, they were the best cups of coffee I ever drank in my life. Learned to celebrate the little things. My best quiet times, I think, ever with Jesus was during the lockdown. I had nowhere else to go, so it was me and Jesus. Game on. I took time to celebrate my wife, commending her on little things, little acts of kindness that were uh, throughout our marriage. I just took it for granted. I do things for her. She does things with me. We never bring it up. Well, during COVID, the Holy Spirit told me, bring it up. Say thank you. Uh, praise her. And 
show my respect uh, for her, build her up. I could honor my wife even uh, deeper ways than ever before during the lockdown. God made me sensitive to that. I celebrated little things out of my garden, whether they be veggies or flowers, in a whole new level. Uh, it seemed for me that time was slowing down a bit, and that was a good thing. Instead of being faster, more, and, more, and, and being frustrated with everything that's going on in my life, I got so much to do, it just kind of stopped for a while, and my frustration was turned into peace. Uh, the Lord was bringing me into a deeper sense of sensitivity to him and to those around me, teaching me to be more patient I found that a campfire was way more edifying than anything I could watch on TV uh, in the early hours of the evening and night. Our meal times went from about 20 minutes in, slam it down, go and do the next thing, to our meal times went to well over an hour, just Joel and I talking at a whole nother level. As lockdown began to loosen and reconnections began, I began to realize more than ever how precious our friendships really were to us and are to us and uh, and always to express that. God meant for the lockdown for me to slow me down, sweep me up. He meant it for me to go deeper with him, to look, uh, to see his hand in everyday moments. It often takes stillness to know that he is God. Remember that verse, Psalm 48, 10, be still and know that I am God in those hours of stillness, even though it was forced upon me. I heard his voice, and it was a good voice. Seeking him uh, more equals finding him more. His voice speaks most clearly in silence. I learned a lot of that during the shutdown. Satan meant the lockdowns to hurt us and control us. God allowed the lockdowns to help us and set us free. All my kids, now grown, have their own families, said, Quote, our family unit was strengthened and we had more fun during the lockdown than at any other time of our lives. It brought us closer. It made us stronger. Through Christ, we came through the lockdowns as gold, while so many who uh, did lockdown without Christ came out bitter. They came out damaged. Number six, I learned, as an American Christian going through our first can't go to church time ever in my life. I became more sensitive and more prayerful for the persecuted church in China, in Muslim nations who churches are underground. They face threat of arrest and even death. And um, when I go through my little bit of suffering as a Christian and compare it to theirs, mine's nothing. It makes me thankful that God allowed me to live out my life in the United States of America with religious freedom, at least so far. I also thought of all my jail people. Uh, I wasn't able to go into the jail. I did, I did for 30-some years, uh, three services on Sunday nights, myself or our team did for all those years. Um, I, I realized that I, I don't really know much about lockdown like they do. Uh, my lockdown, I still had a car. I could still go for a drive. I still had a phone. I still had internet access. I wasn't completely locked down like they are. My lockdown made me more sensitive to their real lockdown, and that was a good thing. I always told uh, my jail people, even in their lockdown, they can still do all the eternal things they can do 
the same thing inside jail that I do outside of jail. They can pray. They can read the scriptures. They can study. They can witness. They can do Bible studies. They can love their enemies. They can pray for those who despitefully use them. They can go the second mile. They can set an example. They can evangelize. They can lay up treasures in heaven even though they're in jail. They can bring glory to God behind the bars the same as you can outside of the bars. I told them that, and it was true. And now I was living at least a, a bigger fraction of that in my lockdown, and that was a good thing. So now I look back on the COVID experience, and uh, there was a lot to learn. And uh, I, as I put it all together, I look back upon it, and I, I didn't get to go on my cruises. I didn't get to go on my vacations. I didn't get to travel to other countries. We had saved the money and had everything prepared to travel. <laughs> and then we got locked down, I think. The Lord sat in heaven and laughed. And see, he had better things for me than uh, just let me do what I want to do. He had things for me that were better, that I would be still and know that he is God, that I would look inward and upward and outward towards people, and that I would learn to be thankful uh, for the little things and uh, become sensitive. And then I watched as the world was coming together uh, politically, uh, setting up for the Antichrist, uh, global populaces being under control of the evil one. And I began to learn how the, the lockdowns with COVID would be lockdowns probably soon coming economically. I know the truckers in uh, Canada, Trudeau shut down their bank accounts and they could do that in America. They could do that anywhere in the world. And they're doing, they do it in China. They've been doing it a long time in China. Just begin to realize how close we might be to the second coming of Christ. And no matter what happens on the outside politically, um, I do know evil men and seducers will wax worse and worse deceiving and being deceived, but I'm of good cheer because Christ has overcome the world. And this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. So I don't like hardly anything that happened during the COVID thing as far as what happened economically, the sickness and the death and the lies and the misinformation, that, that, that's sad. But there were good things that came out of it from the heart of those of us who love the Lord Jesus. What the enemy meant for evil, God allowed it, and it was for our good. So let's learn from it. Let's keep our eyes on Jesus and only Jesus. Keep our eyes off people. Don't let people mess you up about God. Let God straighten you out about people. Keep your hand to the plow. Stay on mission. Stay in God's house and much more so as you see that evil day approaching. We need one another. Follow the leadership of your elders. Stay engaged. Love one another fervently. Let's just pray and worship and praise our way through as we wait for the soon return of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. God bless you. Thanks for tuning me in. Appreciate it. if you'd subscribe, like, share, help me get the gospel to the world. Thank you so much. God bless for now.